University of Colorado. 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, Dan Kaplan. Oh, I'm so happy to be here doing that again. Thank you, Ryan, for covering the show yesterday. Our son Joe had Columbus Day off, believe it or not. He works in the U.S. Senate. They still have Columbus Day off, fortunately. So we got to spend uh, the weekend together, including yesterday. And as anybody listening knows who have had kids, you know, grow up and then move out of state or whatever, go off to school. Wow. I mean, you just every single day is so precious when you have that chance. So Thank you, Ryan, for making that happen. Looks like you ticked some people off, which is not I, like I you. Oh, well, <laughs> to find people. <laughs> You're I mean, brutal, my friend. Well, you I'm are brutal. A, you know what no, I'm I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> we were uh, talking about a mean tweet that Ryan got. But a, a person. Speaking yeah. of tweets, my friend, I, um, I tweeted something out today that I want to kick around on the show, and I'll mention out of the gate, but we're going to talk about lots of stuff out of the gate. And that is this headline in the Denver Post. Today, Denver Basic Income Project opens applications will pay homeless up to $1,000 a month. And and as I tweeted out, hey, this guaranteed income headline is now national news. That is a matter of fact. But more importantly, everybody with the brain could see that coming. So what's gonna happen? It's obviously going to cause another flood of homeless people, including homeless teens, to move to Colorado, right? Just as legalization of marijuana very predictably caused the same surge. But this time, the left is going even one better. Hey, we'll we'll guarantee you an income. Now, do you really think that the, the unfortunate souls who are homeless around the country, and I know for some it's a lifestyle choice, but for many it's drugs, it's alcohol, it's other disabilities. Do you think those unfortunate souls are really gonna get into the fine print Or are they just going to see and hear that, hey, Denver's providing basic income to homeless? So the question I'd I'd love to to get answered by you, I have my own answer, is, is why is the hard left, which runs Colorado, why is the hard left trying to attract more homeless to Colorado? 855-405-8255, the number. You can text us at Dan57739. Now, let me start by saying who I exclude from the bad intentions, okay? When it comes to the homeless, and I'm I'm just giving you my worldview as one guy who happens to be a, a Catholic Christian. I know many people share this worldview regardless of faith or no faith at all. My worldview is that that one of our core obligations you know, is to care for those without food, to care for those without clothes, you know, to care for those in a tough situation like that. So do I think as an individual, I have a responsibility for that yet? Do I think we as a society have a responsibility to a certain extent? Yes. Okay. And, and now you go to the people who are doing it right. You go to the really well-intentioned people who have nothing monetarily to gain from this, you know, start with the churches. In my case, it happens to be the Catholic church. Start with the churches, you know, start with others who have nothing to gain monetarily. It costs them monetarily. They are just out there giving of their time and their treasure and their heart to care for the less fortunate. And that's wonderful that that's the best we have on earth. But then you have the others. Then you have the hard left ideologues and they have their own political and financial motivations for this. And those are the ones, these hard lefties, 
who are doing these crazy things that are designed to two categories first designed to attract more homeless to Colorado they know that this headline they know a basic income project for homeless people is going to attract a lot more homeless to Colorado you tell me this 855-405-8255 Dan 57739 Ryan you tell me this all right if if you were to sit down Kelly you tell me this she's on the phone if all of us were to sit down and try to brainstorm away to attract more homeless people to Colorado, what would it be? And and how could it be any more blatant and effective and obvious than this? And if you back it up one step, Dan, you hand the homeless money for nothing. They don't get chicks for free, but they do get money for nothing. What is the incentive for them to earn money, to find a job, to get off the streets? You're giving them a disincentive to do that. I understood, my friend. And those are very valid points once we start to get into the individual program, right? I mean, very valid points. But I'm talking more globally right now. If we were to sit down and say, okay, what can we do that we know is going to make big news and, and that will attract more homeless to Colorado? I don't think there's anything more you could do, more effective in attracting homeless to this state than put the word out that you're guaranteeing basic income for homeless people. And again, Homeless people across the country, most aren't going to read the fine print. Well, they're, they're quote, only doing it for 140 this year, and then they're going to see where it goes. People are just going to hear that because you're talking about a lot of people without a lot of options. You know, just like legalized marijuana. You know, <laughs> what would you think was going to happen? They knew what was going to happen. Now, I'm not saying that the purpose behind the legal marijuana program was to attract more homeless to Colorado. I think they absolutely knew that it would do that. And they did it anyway. And if I heard correctly, Dan, didn't Susan Whitkin report top of the hour here locally in Denver that nice today plunk. is the 10-year anniversary of legalization of marijuana mm-hmm. in Colorado? That's, is Colorado better now hour than two it of was silent prayer. Yeah, yeah. 10 years ago? No. Great question with an obvious answer, right? I mean, you look at everything that's happened, everything that's happened over, let's say, those last 10 years. And, and I'm just, and Susan's one of the great news people anywhere, but in terms of anniversaries, Marijuana was legalized on election day 2012, and it became effective in 14. So, yes, we're, we're in that 10-year anniversary f- period of time. But the point being, look at what's happened since then with crime, straight up. A- and you can go back. I've done this. You can, you can look at the trend lines, straight up. What's happened with teen suicide? Straight up. What's happened with deaths on the roadway? Up, 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 up. You go into every bad category and what has happened over the last 10 years. And I know what you're thinking in your car. You're thinking, well, Dan, our population has increased. You're right. I'm talking about way beyond increase in population up, up, up in every category. And then you ask yourself what I tell jurors to ask themselves, how does it mesh with common sense? Because I'll tell you this right now, 38 years of trying cases. Jurors quite properly are not going to believe anything, nor should they, that doesn't mesh with common sense. And of course it meshes with common sense that you legalize marijuana and all this bad stuff's going to go straight up. But that's the reason why before Colorado legalized marijuana, how many places in the world had done it in the history of all humankind? (laughs) Almost none. Why? Because 
all of a sudden, John Hickenlooper and all these lefties and Jared Polis were smarter than all the people who ever lived? No, not quite, because all these bad things were going to happen. And we've seen it happen. Just like when you, as the hard lefties who run Denver and Colorado, when you decide you are going to market to the whole nation, guaranteed basic income for homeless people happening in Denver, you know you're going to get a flood. So you tell me, and we've got lots of other stuff to cover, including Kanye West and, and is he an anti-Semite? You tell me, why does the hard left in Colorado want to attract lots more homeless to Denver? So that and much more ahead at 421 on the Dan Kaplan Show. Remember the show Murder She Wrote, don't you? That's just horrible music. I don't care where well, it's it the theme from that TV okay. show, and Angela Lansbury passed okay. away today at the age of God, 96. God rest her soul and this music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That's Do you not, not our remember vibe. The show? Here. I'd never watched it. You never watched never it never watched one it. time. Cabot Cove? Never watched. Too busy mm-hmm. dealing Fletcher? with real murders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. How about how about this guy? How about this guy? Are the Democrats about to meet their demise ironically are they about to be aborted by abortion this is msnbc when you look at our most recent nbc poll here and you ask folks what is the single most important issue that's going to drive your vote in this year's midterm elections a combined 34 percent cite either jobs in the economy or inflation and you combine those two, Where's that's abortion? the biggest single number you're going to get. And on that question, the Republicans have a nearly 30-point advantage over the Democrats. Sounds it's healthy. 8% in our most recent poll who cite abortion as the number Eight? one issue in their midterm vote. Democrats After have seven, a comparable advantage uh, within that 8% over Republicans, but 34 versus 8. That's economy and inflation. That's where abortion is. Wow, I'm no math major. <laughs> That sounds pretty good for the GOP. And it sounds exactly like what we predicted and what Michael Bennett predicted many moons ago, which was the Democrats would overplay their hand on abortion because somehow and someday we'll talk about it at length. I think it's fascinating the reasons why. But but somehow the Democratic Party, which, you know, at, at one point, you know, was known for caring for the weak and defenseless. At some point, the Democratic Party decided that the center of its very existence was going to be the slavish worship of abortion, the legal right to kill a child before birth, right up to the instant of delivery and beyond. Because right now, many of these prominent Democrats, I hope Jared Polis has asked this on Thursday night by Sean Boyd, uh, would Jared Polis support uh, the Infant Born Alive Act? That The question I asked John Hickelooper on this show that made national news when I very politely asked him, okay, uh, governor, now presidential candidate, if that baby is born alive after a botched abortion and is right there on the table alive, does that baby have a right to medical care? Hickenlooper not only refused to answer it, handed the phone to an aide, said he was late and walked off. And uh, yeah, so, so right. So the Democratic Party has come to that point. So they've made this election all about abortion. That's all they want to talk about when everybody is hurting in so many ways across party lines certainly unaffiliated it's hurting in so many ways and they want to talk about inflation they want to talk about the economy they want to talk about crime democrats want to talk about abortion that's an msnbc poll that confirms the democrats are are crazy they have abortion insanity 
And how desperate does it make Senator Michael Bennett look, Dan, when that is the issue, abortion, that there's the least amount of daylight between him and Joe O'Day on. And yet all of his ads that I've seen, every one are attacking Joe O'Day from the left on abortion because Bennett has nothing else to run on. And two more quick notes, Dan, from the Marist poll today, which shows Joe Mm -hmm. O'Day within six points Mm. of Bennett. The number of people for a senator that's been in office, how long? 12 years? Yeah. 12 years that don't know or aren't sure about their opinion regarding Michael Bennett is astounding. I believe it's in the 20 percentile. And for a guy, again, who's been in office for 12 years and the state of Colorado doesn't know the guy, that's an indictment I, in I'm itself. I'm surprised that many people even know his name. <laughs> I, know. I, I mean, what has he done? He, it literally, I mean, the, you know. Red jersey, blue jersey aside, he's been invisible. He's been a non-factor. He's been a waste of oxygen. If you want to see the definitive fair piece on the failure of Michael Bennett, it would be coincidentally the piece that I wrote, and it's in the, the Gazette. And go back and take a look at that. It's funny because somebody screenshotted me over the weekend, and Fox News had something up. They had a screenshot of my piece, and it, it quoted my line that uh, Michael Bennett is Bernie Sanders without the mittens. So you want the definitive piece. I mean, just factually laying out the case against Michael Bennett. Find my piece in the Gazette. Uh, let's get to the phone lines as well. I uh, tweeted this out today. And please do just follow me on Twitter. Check my Twitter. All that good stuff. The station loves it. And the, the truth is I do too. It's at Dan Kaplis. And I tweeted out a headline from the Denver Post. that the left knows will go national. Denver Basic Income Project will pay homeless up to 1000 a month. Applications open. So why is the hard left trying to attract more homeless to Colorado? Then I want to get to some of our texters who are fascinating and all riled up. Jen in beautiful Centennial, Colorado, which we could hit a nine iron two from here. You're on the Dan Kaplan show. Welcome, Jen. Well, here's what I say. I own a small business and it's incredibly hard to get employees. So if they're going to give them a thousand dollars a month, incentivize <laughs> small businesses to take them on and pay them at least that minimum wage plus whatever that small business wants to give them additionally mm-hmm. so that they're incentivized to work. Why should they get that money for free? I, I thought you were going to say the opposite thing, that it was going to incentivize your employees to become homeless and, and get the guaranteed basic well, income. <laughs> yeah, Jen, appreciate the call. You know, the, um, the truth of this program is it's going to be hard to qualify. It's serving about 140 people. And sitting here right now, there are lots of legitimate concerns about whether it will work or not. But let's say it worked perfectly and all 140 were able to leave homelessness behind. That would be a beautiful thing. But that 140 is going to be replaced by thousands more who are attracted to Colorado by this now national news of basic income for homeless people in Colorado. So the left knows that. Why are they trying to attract more? I've got my thoughts, 855-405-8255, some of which I've already shared. Let me get to some of these texts as well. And then quick thought on what Ryan just said on the Marist poll. I've been saying all along and saying on air, I think that uh, no matter what poll you're looking at, I, I think the more favorable polls for Joe O'Day are the correct polls. I think Joe O'Day is probably within about five points, which to me means that what I've been predicting all along will come true. Joe O'Day is going to win comfortably. After 12 years in office, the the people who are undecided at this point in the Senate race, it's larger than other races. 
the people who just haven't heard that much about Joe O'Day yet. So many of those are going to break in Joe O'Day's favor and he's going to win comfortably. And that's going to happen for a couple of reasons. One is Michael Bennett is just that awful. I mean, Daryl Glenn, nice guy. I'd love to have dinner with Daryl Glenn. I trust him with anything I consider valuable. But Daryl Glenn basically didn't run a general election campaign and almost beat Michael Bennett, right? <laughs> I mean, what did he lose by, four or five points? And, and Ken Buck, who would have been a great U.S. senator, came within a hair, and if not for a misstep on Meet the Press a week or so before Election Day, would have won. So, so the unattractiveness of Michael Bennett, the lack of accomplishment, and the fact that he's not going to excite people on the left, some of whom just won't vote in that race, combined with Joe O'Day being a really likable guy, with a great story, very accomplished in his field, yeah, I think he's going to win comfortably. Now, obviously, Joe and I have had that conversation on there. I can't vote for him because he's he's pro-choice, and in my view, he's extremely pro-choice, and I'd be voting to codify Roe. I just can't do that, but I can still see why Joe O'Day is so attractive. Heck, I like talking to the guy, very much so. So I think he wins. I think he wins by five points. And Ryan, I think the poll you cited maybe five is is overdoing a little bit comfortably and i think the poll you cited which lines up with trafalgar you know confirms that hey uh when we come back when we come back the biden administration at this point taking action on transgender that is going to shock you you're on the dan kaplan show black men Hell calling Sharpton. my radio show saying, well, we've got enough black women uh, in, in power. You know, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson mm-hmm. in the Supreme Court. Uh, we have Vice President Kamala Harris. I don't know if I want to vote for uh, Stacey Abrams. Who would not be <laughs> proud of Stacey Abrams unless you're so insecure as a man mm-hmm. that you feel that you've got to uh, be manipulated by probably some provocateur? He's hanging out with Joe Biden too much. If you don't vote for Stacey Abrams, you're not a black man, right? I, I mean, think about what he's saying. If, if you won't vote for Stacey Abrams, you're insecure as a man. Al Sharpton is telling black men if they don't vote for Stacey Abrams, it means they're insecure as a black man. Think about how bad your candidate has to be, Ryan, for Ooh. you to be shaming people. Just trying to shame people into voting for him or her. Well, <laughs> this is a trap of the Democrats' own making because they've attacked nationwide, Dan, candidates for governor, Senate, and House based on two premises so far that I've seen, abortion and election denial. Well, the biggest election denier out there who has said the most on public record denying the oh, results yeah, of an election exactly. is Stacey Abrams. That, that's why anytime there's an election denier talk or, or you know, somebody says... Hey, election, like the Denver Post, you know, ran this propaganda piece over the weekend. Election deniers trying to infiltrate poll worker positions. I thought, wow, so they're getting a lot of Democrat volunteers, right? Because, <laughs> right? Because the true election deniers are those who denied the 2016 election with Donald Trump. I mean, and, and you know, I'm on record here a thousand times. I, I haven't seen proof this election was stolen, so I consider Biden to be duly elected. But you want to talk about mass election denial? that had a dramatic impact on the functioning of the nation? 
That was the Democrats in 2016. 855-405-8255, the number. And, and Dan, the media carrying water for Stacey Abrams in 2018 in her gubernatorial election against Brian Kemp, in which she cited and blamed every single conceivable reason under the sun, other than she actually yeah. lost, yeah. for losing that election. Well, and she never conceded. She still hasn't conceded to this day. Well, and she still hasn't said that she will accept the results of this election. There you go. Yeah. 855-405-8255, the number. Before I get to this Kanye West business, and I do want to talk about that, uh, some saying Kanye West is an anti-Semite, and it's proven by a tweet of his, so I, I do want to dive in, into all that. As I told you before the break, though, interesting action by the Biden administration on the transgender issue. Biden administration now saying that all men who identify as women must register for the draft. So the same Biden administration that tells you that, hey, um, men who say they're women can go into the ladies shower or the girls shower or the girls bathroom at school say that no, but but they still have to register for the draft because they're still biological men. So chew on that fascinating ruling. I'm going to deep dive this sometime in the next day or two uh, by a federal judge saying that a a muslim prisoner a prisoner of muslim faith um is right when he says that as a matter of his religious belief um, he cannot be intimately searched by a female and therefore a female identifying as a male prison guard cannot search him so in other words uh a male prison guard who's biologically female is not going to be allowed to search this prisoner, which makes perfect sense to me, just as the decision of the Biden administration selective service decision when it comes to the draft makes perfect sense to me. But when it comes to your kids and their locker rooms and their bathrooms at school and girls sports and everything else, no, no, the, the, the science denying ideology of the left prevails to the grave disadvantage of your little girl 855-405-8255 the number i still think ryan that's going to be a sleeper issue in this election never going to show up in the polls people are never going to tell exit pollsters that's why they voted this way or that way Mm -hmm. it's not going to mean that races that are 10 points apart are suddenly going to turn but i i think a lot of close races voters who are rocking back and forth are just going to remember this craziness and say that's not the america they want nothing against transgender people not a shred of ill will toward transgender people you know a heart for transgender people but this is crazy girls have to be able to play girl sports girls have to be able to go into their shower without there being a boy with a boy's anatomy there yeah, and I've talked to several what I would consider to be second wave feminists, Dan. So Ooh, these are the, the Gloria nice. Steinem inspired, Ruth Bader Ginsburg inspired. Mm-hmm. We see it manifest itself in J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry mm-hmm. Potter series. Oh, yeah. People that were strongly, fervently in favor of Title IX and equal rights for women, for biological women. 
under the law, having those usurped with the Leah Thomas case, with other transgender athletes being able to participate yeah, and knock right, spots away right. on teams yeah, and scholarships yeah. and accomplishments yeah. from traditional biological female competitors. And the lack of fairness in the whole deal and the, and the presence of common sense, I think where this comes back, Dan, this issue and several others is how does it impact me the most, my family the most, my daughters the most? That's where a lot of Democrats are trying yep. to say, hey, abortion, your, yeah. your young well, your daughters aren't going to be able to have abortions. That's on the ballot in November. This is also on the ballot in November. Right. That, that's why true feminists, uh, true feminists are pro-life. True feminists are pro-life for lots of reasons, starting with the fact that abortion has killed over 30 million women in America, uh, but, but also because of the fact that abortion is so often used by men, you know, to pressure and manipulate women and men avoiding their responsibilities. And then the women end up, you know, with, with all of those thoughts and emotions and physical consequences over the years. So, yeah, you know, real feminists are pro-life. 855-405-82, or I should say true, because I'm sure there are some people who consider themselves to be real feminists on various issues, but true, meaning complete, thorough, feminists are pro-life. Let me get to a few of these texts before I play that sound. Dan, why would leftists want a tsunami of homeless, government-dependent voters in Colorado before the midterms? Isn't it obvious? And this text goes back to what I opened the show with, is the national headlines now about Denver's basic income program, guaranteed income. For some homeless another text and the hard left are increasing our homeless because they will depend on government and make sure they vote for Democrats demography is destiny that from Kevin Dan and, and by the way I obviously agree with those first two texts for the hard left that is their motive in actively recruiting more homeless to Denver the more people dependent on government the more power the hard left has but don't leave out of your consideration please the fact that you do have uh, a sizable number of people on the hard left, I'm not talking Democrats, who have this visceral personal animosity to many of the rest of us, uh, to many middle-income folks, to many folks who are working wealthy. There's a personal animosity, a resentment, a, a jealousy, an anger. And, and so on a personal level, and we've featured some of the folks who feel that way on air before, uh, there is great satisfaction to some on the hard left in seeing the basic quality of life across Colorado diminished by this exploding homeless problem. And again, none of this is meant to convey a lack of empathy for homeless or, or the fact their children have gotten. I think we're all called on to, to, you know, to help make sure their dignity is preserved. But the reality is the rest of society has rights, too, and the government cannot surrender to this that. To homelessness the government is surrendering in way too many places to homelessness and that's unfair to everybody else and ultimately unfair to the homeless because this recruitment program that uh, denver is now running to try to recruit more homeless to denver is unfair to the homeless who are already here more importantly it's unfair to everybody else all right this uh, business with kanye west i'll kick it off when we come back at 4 51 there isn't time to do it the right way now but if you haven't heard his tweet that many are calling anti-Semitic. I'll, I'll play the Candace Owens version of the conversation with you and her premise that it's unfair to conclude that this is an anti-Semitic tweet. Want to get your reaction to that at 451 on the Dan Kaplan Show. With the media, like, 
The majority of the media has a, a godless agenda and they're jokes in that work and this whole like, oh yeah, he's crazy and all these things, they don't work. Several stars spoke out against Ye's shirt, including Jaden Smith, who walked out of the Yeezy show, later explaining on Twitter, quote, I don't care who it is. If I don't support the message, I'm out. Pretty much is what I'm saying with that. Jameel Hill tweeted that the shirt sends a dangerously dumb message, and Van Lathan called the move frustrating, emotionally draining, and the whole problem. Yeah, this all referring to Kanye West White Lives Matter shirt, and we played some of that sound last week. Now, of course, we're setting this up as context for the firestorm he's facing right now for a tweet that many say is anti-Semitic, say proves he's an anti-Semite, but a little more of this White Lives Matter business, and I'll have a question for you on that. Of course, this all comes after the fashion designer enraged social media for sporting a White Lives Matter shirt at his Yeezy Season 9 presentation. He doubled down on the messaging during a sit-down on Fox News' Tucker Carlson tonight. My dad is an educated um, ex-Black Panther, and... He put a text to me today, he said, white lives matter, ha, 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 ha. And I said, I thought the shirt was a funny shirt. I thought the idea of me wearing it was funny. And I said, dad, what do you think it was funny? He said, just, just a black man stating the obvious. White Lives Matter has been classified by the Anti-Defamation League as a white supremacist phrase that originated in 2015 following the start of the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, two questions there, both factual. One is, is that reporter saying or is somebody saying that Kanye West is a white supremacist, right? It, the other question would be, I simply don't know the answer to it, is in fact that the phrase white lives matter identified with white supremacy. I'm not denying that there's some white supremacist group somewhere that wore a shirt or sold stuff that said that. And if they did, well, if they're a white supremacist group, they're, they're horrific for being a white supremacist group. But are those words normally taken as code for white supremacy, particularly when a black person is saying white lives matter? I, it, just a factual historical question. Obviously, Kanye West is not a white supremacist and did not intend it in that way. I think it just follows the same template, Dan. There used to be a, a phrase of saying, dating back to the Black Panthers, of black power. Mm -hmm. And the white supremacist movement did kind of co-opt that and use the term white power. So when you hear that, I mean, that's obviously white supremacy. But white lives matter used by well, Kanye West and Candace right. Owens in this context. Yeah, you got to look at who's using it and how they're using it. Right. right so, right. Yeah. Does anybody really think Kanye West is trying to advance a white supremacy agenda, which goes to my point now on his his tweet? And I want to let you know what that tweet was. Candace Owens lays it out. And then the question is, is it anti-Semitic and does it prove Kanye West to be an anti-Semite? But of course, it was the tweet that he sent that really got people motivated. So let's read that tweet. Kanye, wrote, Kanye West wrote and then subsequently had his Twitter locked when he said, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going death con three on Jewish people. The funny thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew also. You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who opposes your agenda. That was the tweet. 
and people subsequently demanded that the tweet be taken down for anti-Semitism. So you tell me, is that anti-Semitic? Does that prove Kanye West is an anti-Semite? Now, here is Candace Owens' take on that. If you are an honest person, you did not think this tweet was anti-Semitic. You did not think that he wrote this tweet because he hates or wants to genocide Jewish people. This does not represent the beginning of the Holocaust. That's if you're an honest person, you'll meet that. You, you will admit that, right? If you're an honest person, when you read this tweet, you had no idea what the hell he was talking about. I had, I had no idea when I read this tweet what the hell he was talking about. This tweet inspired questions, not answers. Well, first of all, I think you can look at the tweet and say, I have no idea what he's talking about, but still recognize the statement as being anti-Semitic. I mean, I certainly view it that way. Yeah, if you say I'm, I'm going to go to war against Jews or something, I'm going DEFCON 3 against Jews, I, I think it's fair to take that as an anti-Semitic statement. But to me, there's then a, a very big second question. Does this statement prove that Kanye West is an anti-Semite? I wouldn't be prepared to conclude something that large from one statement. I would want to look at somebody's whole body of work. Now, am I um, a yester, a Kanye Westologist? No. A yester? No. I just made that up. I like it. I, I enjoy his work, some of it. I uh, think he's an interesting person, but I've never really studied the guy, so I can't sit here right now and say, hey, I have analyzed and researched this guy's life and have concluded that there's nothing anti-Semitic out there. I, I haven't. I would have to think if he had an anti-Semitic history that we'd know about it, uh, particularly since he supported Trump, you know, that somebody on the left would have mentioned that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But so right now, yeah, I look at that statement and it's fair to say that's an anti-Semitic statement. But I'm not aware of, of a body of work in his life that would prove him to be an anti-Semite. You know, and, and I'm open to the facts, whatever they may be. But Ryan, one um, comparison that came to mind on the way over, and you're too young to remember this, but Dan is old coach of the Nuggets. Oh, yeah. I uh, had this great career yeah. as a player and, and you know, was a, a successful coach at times. Dan is one day was leaving the court and he was very upset by a close loss and he was being heckled by a fan and he yelled at the fan go get another beer you blanking piece of blank and he referred to the fans race now was that a racist statement absolutely but when you looked at dan issel's life could one fairly conclude dan issel was a racist no way because <laughs> you looked at the whole body of his work and it wasn't there he wasn't a racist 855-405-8255 get your take on this kanye west business when we come back as well, uh, poll dance. We have some new polls in the big Colorado races. We'll share with you and talk about where are we going and how are we going to get there?